0: nebraska public media sports brings you nebraska baseball catch our live coverage as the huskers meet the indiana hoosiers on the diamond at hawksfield at haymarket park in lincoln watch friday may 10th at 6 p.m central on nebraska public media
1: welcome to heard at sports radio
2: Kicking off our number three here on Herd At Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Hey, man. We are live from Herd At Sports Bar and Grill on the H&H Chevrolet stage. And we are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha ESPN Tri-Cities as well as KFOR for this third hour in Lincoln. We're joined now by Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports. He is the director of recruiting. Steve, how are you this morning?
1: Good morning, doing well, man, just trying to keep up with everything. Early signing period, (laughs) it's fast approaching. Transfer portal has taken shape, taken off, and uh, over 2,000 players, I think, in the portal right now. Guys are starting to declare their college future, so just trying to keep up with everything, man. How about you guys?
2: You're telling me you're busy this time of year? I was going to say, Steve, we we appreciate you joining (laughs) us because it is just about the busiest time of year for you, I'd imagine.
1: Well, what I would say is it's the time where there's the most eyeballs on it. I think right. that I feel like I'm no no more or no less busy than I am at other times of the year, but the fan interest this time of year is, is higher as schools put the finishing touches on their recruiting classes and they're hitting the portal hard, and, the, and these fans want to know what this roster looks like moving forward, particularly at Nebraska. I mean, you guys are a program that – have been in a lot of close games over the last three, four seasons, and it just seems like every single time it goes the opposition's way. Uh, But Matt Rule and company recruiting the class here, uh, hitting the portal hard to, you know, try and get you guys back into the postseason and beyond. He's a program builder, uh, did a phenomenal job at Temple, greatest head coach in Temple football history, then went to Baylor, took them from the, the drudges, all the way up to the conference uh, uh, hierarchy and, and into a New year Six Bowl. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before Coach Rule and his staff get it ripping and roaring at Nebraska. He's too good of a football coach The track records there, like the players that are, are recruited, and thought Nebraska played hard each and every Saturday. And, and uh, know i know they're already gearing up towards having a a great spring camp and beyond
2: steve i'm curious you know you mentioned all those close losses um not just under coach rule but going back to previous staffs as well but you know one of the names that's been tied to nebraska obviously is kyle mccord from ohio state he's he's on a visit here in lincoln um this week If let's just hypothetical right say Nebraska lands Kyle McCord or somebody in that neighborhood in your mind as you kind of look at the rest of the roster the talent that they've brought in the talent they've developed especially on that defensive side of the ball do you look at Kyle McCord as a true difference maker for Nebraska in the sense of it takes them maybe not just to postseason but maybe closer to that 8-9 win mark is that on the table in your mind?
1: Well, I just think with Kyle McCord, if Nebraska is able to land a player like him out of the portal, you're getting a young man that seasoned, that's played in some big games that's going to be tough and knows how to prepare, and, and a guy that could be a great leader as well. You know, Ohio State, they got one of the best cultures in college football. I think they have a great coaching staff, and he had a chance to be under those guys for three years, and then he wins the starting job this past year, uh, shows the grit and toughness to go on the road at night and beat Notre Dame under the lights with a game winning drive, completed over sixty five percent of his passes this year, uh took care of the football, some of those interceptions. He only threw six were not his fault, you know, and, and so I think that Uh, He would be an exciting pickup for Nebraska, would certainly upgrade that quarterback room. And it's the most important position in college football. And, and, uh, you know, I think that Nebraska was limited at times with what they could do because of what they had under center. And certainly those guys, you know, there were times during the course of the year where Jeff Sims and, and, and Purdy and those guys didn't make some good things happen but I think the consistency that you would get out of the quarterback position with someone like Kyle McCord would certainly raise them uh, several levels and then you know obviously they've added a lot of speed on both sides of the ball uh, with what they've done on the recruiting trail and, and in the transfer portal since they got here so uh, Kyle McCord would be a massive pickup Nebraska swinging big at that position in the portal they reached out to everybody you know, and I think that they're invested, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kyle McCord moving forward.
0: Steve, you mentioned at the uh, start of the interview that this isn't a, a, any busier than a, a normal day for you uh, at this time of year because, um, you know, it, it, it's just kind of the nature of the, beach, the beast, the nature of the business, but you said there's more attention on the portal right now, and that's why it seems busier than it actually is, and when you talk about attention, somebody that got a lot of attention this season was Deion Sanders and him getting to Colorado and essentially having a a mass exodus of of that team, turning it into what it was, and now all of a sudden it seems like year one is no different than year two where everybody decided, well, this isn't uh, what I expected it to be. What do you make of the mass turnover we saw before and after year one of Dion at Colorado, and do you think year two will spit out a similar outcome?
1: Well, I think that, you know, he took over a football team that won one game the year before, so he thought he had to overhaul his roster quickly to be competitive, and college coaches are getting fired pretty quickly. you know, Mississippi State's head guy didn't even make it through an entire season, so you got to win quickly to keep the natives um, happy with what's, what's going on on the field, and, and, and Deion Sanders is no exception to that rule. If they don't play well this season, you know, all the good well, the good fanfare and, and, and well wishes and stuff that you're getting from a supportive fan base, they can turn on you on a dime, and uh, so... I would imagine that you know four wins certainly wasn't good enough for Coach Sanders, and and uh, he's a competitor, and they're going to hit the portal hard again to to try and land guys to put together a season like Mel Tucker had at Michigan State a couple years ago, where they were portal heavy, got guys like Kenneth Walker, and found a way to win eleven ball games and play play in a, a meaningful bowl game at the end of the season. Now that's not an easy recipe to duplicate. And I think that they certainly saw that they were not up to snuff at the point of attack. I mean, Colorado had some skill players on both sides of the ball that were, were, were good, uh, but they just could not hold, hold up at the line of scrimmage. And that cost them in, in, in some close games that they had, too, that, did, that didn't go their way. So they'll be portal heavy. You know, they, they've landed some, some offensive linemen this weekend. They had, a, they had a good weekend on the recruiting trail and on the portal. But we'll see what happens when they get them in in the program and develop them, and you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see how his coaching staff comes together. As he's had some turnover on the staff as well, but um, they're going to be competitive in the portal. They're going to they're going to land a lot of guys, and they're going to try and continue to overhaul a roster that went from one wins to four wins. And you know, they're trying to win double digit games. You know, that's kind of what he's got his eye on. He's he's certainly not trying to be mediocre.
2: We're talking with Steve Wilfong. He is the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Uh, Steve, I'm curious with the transfer portal, how much has that kind of changed the nature of what you do? It, you know, Obviously, the recruiting websites used to be so heavily focused on high school recruiting, and they still are. But it's sort of added this whole other element to um, what people are looking for out of their recruiting websites. I'm just curious how you guys kind of handled that over the last few years as it became such a big deal.
1: Well, Yeah, so 24-7 Sports is now ranking kids in the portal and adding, and those numbers add up to the overall class ranking. So you have an overall class ranking, you have a portal ranking, and you have a high school ranking, so you can see three different rankings. So uh diehard fans are very interested in roster construction for their favorite football teams and just as much for their least favorite football teams one thing i've learned is that uh the the fans that are most passionate they love rooting against the the rival just as much as they love rooting for their own team sometimes so uh you know 24-7 sports we're trying to uh, provide a, a, a projection of how talented we think your team is but ultimately teams write their own scripts players write their own write their own stories and uh recruiting rankings and portal rankings are just a preview you still got to get in you got to lift the weights. you got to eat the training table you got to learn the scheme coaches got to scheme you into successful positions and uh so uh we'll see what happens there but obviously there's a lot of excitement around who's going where from the portal and it's just kind of fascinating i say this guy's Find yourself someone in life that loves you as much as personnel departments and college coaches love seeing <laughs> offensive linemen, love seeing offensive linemen in the portal with any kind of game experience. And it's just fascinating to me that a young man that maybe played three games at a, a, a lower-level school, just the amount of love that they can get in the portal, even though they're probably still not going to be an all-conference player for you on the next level. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, Steve, who who's more coveted in the portal, the quarterback, the offensive lineman with any game experience, or the edge rusher?
1: Yeah, so I think it obviously <laughs> starts with quarterback, but I would put offensive line, too. It's pretty close. I mean, like, to find to, to to find big bodies that can bend and move with game experience, you know, it's a very coveted thing again. And the guy could have poor piss poor grade from like, <laughs> the games that he played in,
2: but he's just played but it all. <laughs>
1: he, but but he played, so like, let's bring him in, man. We'll recruit him like a six star and try and get him to come here, and you know, he'll probably you know probably probably a reason why he didn't grade well <laughs> uh, or play that much where he was at. But I mean, those guys are coveted in the portal, though.
0: Steve, I've got a listener question for you, and it's a question that kind of goes to the point of the grass may not always be greener on the other side. Um, the question is, I've always wanted to know how many guys enter the portal and have to go down a level, whether it's D1 FCS or D2, and how many guys basically get lost in the portal.
1: So a lot of guys do get lost in the portal. So there's, there's levels to the portal there are guys that go in the portal because they know that they're going to have great opportunity elsewhere to move up or move up financially. So you have that group of guys where they have representation and their are spielers out or, and they know when they get in the portal that they are going to improve their situation from a, uh, a prestige standpoint. And then typically that goes hand in hand with a financial standpoint. Then there are guys that go in the portal that maybe going down a level is a good thing, but they're still going to land on their feet and get to play more and get film and and then have a better chance of getting evaluated by NFL front offices. So that's a good thing too. But there are a lot of guys that go into the portal and they don't have any kind of, like, compass. There's no schools that knew they were going in. They just – they are just going in because they're not happy with their current situation those are the ones that are like risking drowning mm-hmm. if you don't have like a feel for the the lay of the land you 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 don't know what's going to happen and and so it's terrifying for those guys because I know this if you are a college athlete and a college football player and you just stay the course and graduate there's a good chance that you can sell medical equipment and make about three, $400,000 a year. For the of your life. You've got to get through, man. You've got to get through. Someone needs to tell these guys that, hey, I know you're not starting. Uh, you might not even be on the second string, but darn it. If you graduate from this program, you just go get yourself a job at Stryker, man. You make, they like hiring athletes make about $350,000 a year join the country club, you'd be all right, you know. And, and uh, but, 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 but at the same time, these schools want to push those kids out too if you're not contributing. And if you're not contributing in a positive manner as a player or just to the culture, you know, they'd be happy to see you jump in the portal and replace you now uh, and, and replace you with somebody else. So it's almost, you know, my, my advice would be, look, if you if, if no one knows you're going in the portal and you haven't played much, get your degree and, 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 go sell medical equipment. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, I don't, you know, and, and for a, hey, and if the school wants you to leave, you can leave as fast as you give me my bachelor's degree. So hope you, <laughs> if you if you're not happy with me here. Great. How can we, how can we, uh, uh, you know, hasten this process to me to get my degree so I can, you know, apply to these sales companies that love hiring former athletes because, there are kids jumping in the portal that then won't graduate from college also. And, and so that's kind of the sad deal. And you sometimes see kids that are like at these prestigious academic schools that aren't playing and they'll go in the portal and they'll end up at like a FCS school. And no disrespect, like people make, make great livings from every great college, but it's like, dude, you you just left the school that has a track record of graduating over 90% of their players. So just go take your shot at a very small setting where the degree doesn't hold close to the same weight and the connections and the alumni are nowhere near the same. Mm. You know, it's just kind of disappointing to see that happen for some kids that when they arrived at college, they kind of got the world by the ball. Steve,
2: uh, changing gears from Transfer Portal to kind of evaluating high school talent here a little bit, one of the things that we've seen with Matt Rule, and I I think he was doing this at Baylor too, but it's obviously a lot more prevalent for us in Nebraska now that he's here, but he goes out and he offers some guys that we do not have a ton of information on, both as fans and a lot of times even as recruiting services. Um, How challenging is it to... Go out and then evaluate those guys when you know previously maybe they only had FCS offers or they only had Division II offers or they were seen mostly as track guys. That's something that Matt Rule tends to do a lot. H- how do you go and evaluate those guys once they do get a Power Five offer like Nebraska?
1: Right from the high school ranks, you're asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of Matt Rule's secret sauce, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't say it's just him, you know. But they believe in themselves as coaches. Not just as like, hey, we got a strength and conditioning program and we're going to make you even more athletic. But, like, we scheme you up right. We teach you how to play the game correctly. We put you in positions to be successful on Saturdays with your skill set. So they're just going out there looking for clay. And, yeah, they they look for athletic players. But they're also looking for guys with the right mentality to come in that want to learn and, and get better and fit the – the culture that they're trying to build. But, yeah, when and oftentimes these guys are good football players, too. It's, it's just Nebraska does a good job of, like, looking in every nook and cranny. And we see the guys they offer. What we don't see is probably the 100 to 200 guys that they evaluated that they didn't offer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So they're putting in the work, right? And and, and you find some of these guys that rise, uh, rise on their board and get a late offer. They're the only Power 5 offer. But they probably – I bet you for every one guy they find, there's 15 guys that they put time in that they didn't offer. So it's a lot of man hours and a lot of grinding and, and, and uh, sifting through players. And um, there's a lot of uh, pride in the work in that personnel department with guys like Omar Hales. And, and the coaching staff is very involved, and Matt Rule is very involved. And they're not afraid to stamp a guy. They're not afraid to say, well, why hasn't so and so and so and so and so and so hasn't offered if they like him, they offer and they're not afraid to be first either you know early in the cycle and say well if we offer him he might get 15 other offers or you know that look we think he's good we're offering him right now and then we're going to build the best relationship with him of any his staffing in, in college football so that's kind of their recipe and again it matt rules two for two at his last two jobs in college football two places that were tough jobs temple historically uh uh, didn't have anywhere close to the success Matt Rule did, and then Baylor. When Matt Rule got to Baylor, they were uh, they were in the gutter. So um, he's two for two on the college ranks of his last two jobs, and and, and Nebraska is a great place uh, with uh, some of the best fans in the land, the best support, um, and the infrastructure is there. So it, it, you know, will They didn't have the season they wanted to this year again, but you know, I, I still think the arrow is very much up on Nebraska Husker football.
0: Steve, I've always been curious about this um, in in terms of where a team sits in coordination with the upcoming class rankings. So, for example, the Huskers are are 22nd in the class of of 2024 rankings, according to Mm 24-7. And, you know, it's always – because Nebraska kind of sits in this window a lot, and my, my question is, how do you get to that next tier? How do you get a part of the five-star tier, the, the top ten in, in, a, in uh, program rankings, the ones that are always seem, seemingly competing for a national championship? And I know those are huge aspirations to, to, to ask and expect from a, from a staff that's just in year two, but how does Nebraska take that that leap do they have to physically get there on the football field you see the results and then you see the traction in the recruiting rankings or can you actually get there without competing for a national championship
1: well I just don't think you're gonna live in a world where Nebraska is recruiting top five top 10 recruiting classes but you can live in a world where they land Carter Nelson the number one player in state and beat Georgia and Notre Dame for him or Grant Bricks the number one player in the iowa and 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 beat oklahoma um among many others for him and and then landing you know i know people focus in on the blue chippers but it's nebraska going into the lone star state and beating tcu and baylor for a guy that ends up being a future pro and i think you kind of look at like what Gary Patterson did at TCU or Mark D'Antonio did at Michigan state, where they had so many seasons where they won 11 or more ball games. I think Gary Patterson won 11 games, like over eight times, you know? And so Mark D'Antonio had a stretch where they won at least 11, five years in a row. And they would land a couple high, highly ranked prospects a cycle, but really it was about landing their kind of guys, High upside, chip on their shoulder, and then coaching them up, just having a schematic advantage most weeks because you got the best damn coaching staff, you know, and you got a great strength and conditioning program, and your program's edgy, hard nosed, tough physical. And whenever they step on the field on Saturday, they're not, you know, they're the ones doing the pushing around at the point of attack, and they're the ones with the speed on the perimeter. And so I think that's Nebraska's recipe, you know, is to win the blue chip battles that are attainable. And then go out there, and and uh, that second tier recruiting, you're still you still you're still putting in as much time and effort to win to beat Baylor, TCU, or whoever you're going toe to toe with Iowa um, for a guy that's got a future an NFL future. You're putting in the same amount of man hours Georgia, and Alabama, and Ohio State are for that five star. and Then it's up to you to get the most out of them, and those are kind. Of, that's the recipe. I see for a place like Nebraska, those great years that Gary Patterson had, and I hope people aren't, like, rolling their eyes at that because they, like, are, like, remembering the last four years of the Gary Patterson era. I mean, if you <laughs> look from, like, 2005 to 2011, I mean, Gary Patterson was arguably the best head coach in college football. I mean, they went to Rose Bowls and Fiesta Bowls under, under his watch, and, you know, they were ranked in the top five, and, uh you know, during that stretch. And Mark D'Antonio took Michigan State to the college football playoff and beat Ohio State a couple times um, during that run and and owned Michigan. I mean, that's that's a hell of a recipe and not easy to reproduce. But I do think Matt Rule has shown that he can be among the best coaches in college football with what he's done. And now he's at a place with even more resources. I think he can be a consistent winner uh, with time.
2: That's Steve Wilfong, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Steve, great answer. Great stuff there this morning. We appreciate your time, and uh, keep busy out there, all right?
1: Yep, take care, man. Appreciate y'all having me out.
2: Hey, thank you, Steve. That's Steve Wiltfong from 24-7 Sports, Director of Recruiting. Uh, awesome stuff from Steve there. Coming up next, we're going to get to our... War Horse Sportsbook Sports Cleanup. Tons of stuff we haven't gotten to yet today, uh, including what we'll talk to our last guest about, Steve Gardner from USA Today, Shohei Otani. Something happened in baseball? A little bit. We might have to touch on that here in the next couple segments on Herd Out Sports Radio.